Welcome to Books, Kids, and Creations, a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your host, Tracy Bloom, and I feature people who inspire future generations with their work. Today, we are in person for an interview with Jack Pine here in Ohio. And um, Jack, thanks for having us. Thank you. So um, as you can see, the extraordinary glass pumpkin on the table, um, Jack is, I would call you the pumpkin king, but... <laughs> I've been called that. Have you been called that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Incredible, yeah. incredible artist. And I think it's a a crown that I it, it was very hard earned, but I think I, I I wear that well now. Yeah. Well, how did you how did you get started in your trade? Did you always want to do glass blowing or were you taught by a mentor? Well, um, I think in, it started off in high school. And I went to the local school here, not too far away, called Logan Elm High School. And they had a pretty good art program. Um, and it was one of the things that I excelled in. So I wasn't really into athletic department or I wasn't football or different ones. But, you know, I really excelled in, in the arts. And luckily, I had a great art instructor that really encouraged me quite well. So uh, there were several of them that were really well that I, I uh, admired a lot and did a lot of encouraging. Um, but from there, they, uh, I ended up getting a scholarship for the Columbus College of Art Design. So I was more into clay and modeling and had always taken an interest in, in ceramics. But um, when I went to college, and I, uh, I really fell in love with the glass blowing, but I didn't really take it that way. I kept I kept studying ceramics, but after college, I uh, I wanted to get out and, and explore the world a little bit, and uh, took off for the West Coast and headed to Seattle. And then when I got to Seattle, um, it's such a neat place. Yeah. But one of the things that Seattle is well known for is glass blowing. So they kiddingly say they have more glass blowers than they have plumbers. <laughs> but um, there was quite a few glass blowers, and I just by luck. I mean, I I end up getting a little job out there. I I was on a a wild adventure and and met up, made some friends out there, and they 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 took me in and. And uh, um, and like I said, when I was I was working at a filling station at first, and there's this little old man used to come in all the time, and um, this this filling station had fancy sandwiches and everything else, and um, but he was a neat old guy, and he came in, and he's like, well, so what else did you take in school? I said, well, I, I took ceramics, and he says, you ever taken any glass blowing? I said, well, yeah, I took a couple classes. And, he said, well, my friend owns a glass blowing studio. So I was like, really? He said, yeah, he's looking for glass blowers. You think you'd be interested in an interview with him? I'm like, yeah. Because, uh, you know, but I didn't really have that much experience. I kind of was was more on the hopeful side. And, and uh, I went to see him and we sat down and talked. And I was just totally enthralled. And uh, they kind of figured out I didn't have much experience, but <laughs> they knew I was hungry for it because yeah. I was just 
like a kid in a candy store just looking at all the cool stuff, the fire and the glass and I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So I I kind of talked my way into the uh, the position, but um, I I quickly excelled in it. So I don't want to just go. I can go on well, and on about it, but I have so many questions. So um, what was the first piece you ever made? It was a Christmas ornament. Okay. Yeah. Christmas ornament or a drinking cup. I forget which one it was. But my first experience was actually assisting others. So when you go into a glass studio, um, especially a, a functioning one that is making, you know, product for uh, whatever it is, you usually go in as an assistant. So there's the master glass blower, and then you'll have one or two or three assistants that are helping him bring whatever materials. So that was my first step. And it was, uh, it was pretty intimidating because, you know, you're working with 2000 degree right. molten lava almost, yeah. you know, 2000 degrees is pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. But it was so fascinating too. So, um, but I had to, to overcome that fear right. a little bit and, but it was exciting to overcome that fear. So I was, I was ready for the challenge. What's the equipment like? Yeah. For you? Like, is there, what, what all is involved in it? Do you have wear gloves and all, or is there just like tools that you've used? Yeah. To... Well, I mean, uh, so, so the glass itself is, um, we, we generally start off with little glass pellets. Yeah here that we do and you buy it in big sacks and there's a whole big sack of glass pellets and I'll show you guys out there later and then you shovel that into the furnace and the furnace is set at 2000 degrees so it quickly melts yeah and it turns into almost like honey okay it's like a whole big vat of molten honey so it's like a bathtub inside of this uh, what they call a glass furnace. And yeah. It just has um, heating elements in there that heats it and keeps it at 2,000 degrees. And then you have these long rods. Some of them are hollow metal tubes. Some of them are solid. And you preheat the tip so that the glass will stick to it. And you put your, your rod in there and you gather it up like honey. And that's mm -hmm. how the the first step. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was a little intimidating to stand in front of a two thousand degree furnace. Right. But you get used to it. It's not so much you get used to the heat, but you get used to how much you can stand in front of it. Sort of like putting your hand above a candle or flame. You right. go for just a second or two, and it's right. okay. Yeah. But you know, you have to be careful. You also have to be careful with the clothing that you wear. Right. Yeah. You you want to wear like cotton clothing, not none of the uh, the the plastic stuff. Right. Just melt. Because, yeah, it would melt. Really, <laughs> I have had that happen. Oh, ouch. <laughs> yeah. So, how long have you um, 
been making pumpkins for? Because I know we have the Circleville Pumpkin Show right around the area here. Yeah. What what sparked that that pumpkin uh, creation? Well, I think it was. I'm going to say over 30, 32, 35 years ago. And I have a really good friend of mine. Um, she was also uh, a glass blower that worked with me in the same factory. By that time, I moved from Seattle to Colorado and I was working for another kind of glass company. And um, she came up to me one day. And this is, she's like, well, my friend, she is, uh, it's her birthday. And it's around Halloween, and I'd like to try to make her a glass pumpkin. So we kind of worked together a little bit. She made kind of a, a clumpy one, and I did another one, and I had a brilliant idea. There was this orange colorant that we used to make some of the other things that we had in the studio. It was a perfect orange. Yeah. I was like, okay. I'd try this and made an orange pumpkin with a green stem and it looked so cool. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, and then a, a eureka moment happened. I was like, because I'm from Circleville, Ohio. Right. And, you know, as a kid, I went to the Circleville pumpkin show every time, you know, it's a, it's a big event. The whole, all the county schools shut down and you know, I've always been a part of that. So I was like, oh, this would be perfect for Circleville. Yeah. So I talked to this girl and me and her agreed to maybe work together. And she would assist me and I was just, you know, we would work and, and uh, make some pumpkins at night after we got done right. working all day. Yeah. So um, we did that and it was the first year we didn't know how it was going to work out. Right. It was kind of a little bit nervous because we had worked all day and night to make all kinds of them for several weeks. And we had a whole truck full of pumpkins. Yeah. And needless to say, we were a hit. I, I would mean, think so. Yeah, yeah. The rest is history. It was very simple pumpkins. Nothing like this. Right. So what goes into something like this? Because this is like, I mean, it's a piece of art. They all yeah. are. But this is it's so stunning. Yeah. So this is a natural evolution of 30 years. So I keep playing with different things and keep increasing it. And you know, this one is actually a blue pumpkin with a white stem. It looks like little clouds that are all yeah. over the place and little flowers uh, around here, or you could say bugs or yeah. greenery and so forth. But, um, I quickly figured out that people liked off colors too. Right. And in them what just the orange pumpkin. Yeah. They wanted to be kookier and and they loved it. Yeah. And um so every year I would do a little bit more experimenting and see what I could do with it. Um, it's just a lot of experimenting. I mean, so what happens is that the furnace has crystal clear glass, yeah. okay? And then we buy glass that is already colored and we crush it up into chips all the way down to a powder, like yeah. almost like a, a flower. And then when you roll your hot glass in it, it sticks to it momentarily 
and you flash it in the really hot heat chambers called a glory hole. And you flash it in there and it melts it into the surface. And then you go back out and you add a different layer of color. And then you flash it in the heat and you get another layer. Yeah. So this is multiple layers of color, starting off with white glass. We're starting off with crystal glass. And then you add the white powders and you can see different clear dots and little black chips and a little bit of green and some blues and purples. And you also, I found a, a way to do these stripes. Yeah. Which is interesting too. It's kind of hard to describe by word how it's done, <laughs> but it's actually got silver in it. There's a lot of chemistry involved in this. So that uh, gives all kinds of different fun magic. Yeah. So even though I made this, uh, you know, uh, but there's also many, many years and many, many generations of glass blowers who have also done experiments. And it's, you know, you take some of their experience and yeah. you, you use those to make whatever you choose to do. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm sure that you inspire other people who are getting into glass blowing too. Yeah. You have like mentors or, I mean, mentees yeah. that you work with. Yeah. We actually have a crew of about uh, seven or, well, about eight glass blowers now that work with me here at the studio. Some of them come with a little bit of experience on their own. Some of them are pretty green, so they're new at it. Um, and overall, it takes almost a full year to working in the glass every day to be able to start making, you know, them to the quality that I like. Yeah. So it's a it's a long journey. It's an investment for the glass blowers and for us. So we're very careful about who we bring on board and, and have, you know, yeah, be able to produce it. But they also bring their own creative two sets. And so they learn from what I like. And then I tell them, say, so part of what we do, we call artist choice. So within the parameters that we like to have a glass pumpkin, I say, okay, you guys can also make your own little color schemes. As long as the colors work well, yeah. um, then it makes it unique. And then no two are exactly like, and people really like that. They find the pumpkin that talks to them, you know? Yeah. And everybody's different. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And you have something right now for the holidays with Christmas ornaments and toys. And right. So what what are you doing there? Yeah. So after the pumpkin season, of course, it's going to be, you know, after Halloween, we got Christmas going on. And it was, you know, Christmas and Christmas ornaments is kind of how I got my start a long time ago. So I always do make Christmas ornaments. But um, every year, just to give back to the community, which I like to do, um, we offer a uh, an exchange so people bring in a toy mm -hmm. like you know thirty dollars or more not wrapped just a toy that's still in its box and then we give them a christmas ornament that we created and then we collect all these toys 
Um, this year we had over a thousand toys. Gosh, yeah. That's awesome. And we collect them all. And then there is um, a local organization here that um, does with volunteers and they package them all up for all different kids, all different age groups from, you know, three to six and boys and girls and so forth. Yeah. And, um, you know, the parents come in and they pick them up and it's, it's for the, all those, uh, you know, it, it, all the kids that are in the local area that, you know, don't normally have yeah. access to really fancy toys. And so we like to contribute that way. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's been going on for the last six or seven years and it's really grown. I mean, last year we did 700 and this year it jumped up to seven or over a thousand. So, yeah, we had so many toys that the organization says, I don't know what we're going to do with all these toys. They said, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll make it happen. And the cool thing about where you're at, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm really inspired by nature. So yeah. do you draw inspiration from being out here in Hollywood Hills? Oh, of Hills? course. Yeah. Are, do you like keep a sketchbook or do you just wait I, to go I sometimes do. Yeah. I've gotten to the point where uh, I do more hands-on and create on the moment. So now that I've gotten to this, the size that I have, I still make pumpkins myself. But for the most part, I let uh, my employees make them under my direction, yeah. which frees me up to be able to start doing some experimenting and creating. So, yeah. And some of the things I like to try is, is yeah, uh, all these different things that you see in nature that are like little tiny little things like a snail or, you know, um, mushrooms or uh flowers or different things and i always thought they're so cool that big and then we take them and blow them really big right. and try to make something you know that you see in nature um and and if when you make it really big uh it people see it in a different light that they've never seen it before it's like oh what is that that's cool right Oh, that's that's a piece of pollen or that's right. a seed, you know, I actually really enjoy seed pods. I think that would be my next um, venture to go yeah. into to make giant um, pea pods or seed pods. And you have all the individual seeds inside of them all blown in glass, too. That would be cool. Yeah, it's just pretty interesting because. I, it, that's the most fascinating thing about glass is that it it's endless. Yeah. You can create nonstop, and it's amazing what's out there. You know I mean, I don't know if you ever heard of shahuli. Is that a hot sauce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I have. I have. I've seen it. Um, the normally yeah. you see it like hanging in the art museums. Right. Yeah. Like everybody says, Bellagio. <laughs> Or the Franklin Park Conservatory, yeah. or the conservatories. Yeah, he's kind of this. He's a funny man because he's he's got curly hair, he's short, stuff. But he has a whole crew, and he orchestrates, and he makes these massive blown glass platters and yeah. and all kinds of interesting sculptures. And he takes and and puts like hundreds of them together. 
and a cluster. Yeah. And that's like a, a chandelier, or you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah. So we want to take this property here and start developing some large installations all around the property. It would add to the draw. So I have like a pond out there. I'm going to put a boat out there and fill it with all kinds of big spears and squiggly oh, things cool. and from one end to the other. And then make um, purple reeds, you know, just like tubes that come up and bulbous to the top and then illuminate them at night. So it would just be a purple reed forest, you oh, know, that's magical. In, in the pods. Yeah. So we have all kinds of fun things on the plate. And then yeah. you can do a scavenger hunt. Yeah. You can have people set up your scavenger hunt. Yeah. To find the things. Yeah. As long as they walk delicately. Delicately, yes. They, <laughs> Through be, a glass forest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, be careful. Yeah. But yeah, though, no, it's it's a lot of fun. So the the potentials are wide open. And that's, that's why I'm so glad that, you know, I stuck to my guns to become an artist. Because, you know, it's it's tough trying to make a living. Yeah. being an artist and it takes a long time but if you have the passion for it and you follow your passion and and you really are like just so honed into it and you just keep going for it um eventually people will recognize that yeah and then they start to follow you because they want a piece of that passion right so that's what this is is a piece of passion and the other people see it. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, that's so neat. You know, you have to be really into what you're doing in order to perfect it to such a degree. Yeah. You know, so for all those who wants to get involved and, and follow their, their desires, whatever it may be, you may, as you know, in the art world or in any career or anything, if you have a strong interest into something, keep following that, you know, um, you know, it's, it, and then the money will come with it eventually. It doesn't seem like it ever will. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, wouldn't it? You know, I always hear these stories about just keep following your dream and it takes a while. Yeah. And I had a lot of ups and downs along the career path because, um, you know, I, I kept working for somebody else, and it's right. a very expensive ordeal to do glass blowing, um, and and so you you have to be somewhat of a businessman too. Right. You do have to have somebody who helps you in in the business side, and you do have to make a little concessions here and there to appeal to the the wider masses. Yeah. So it's a delicate walk between trying to find something that is you know close to your heart versus what is appealing to the masses yeah but if you stick with your heart you know the masses will follow yeah. and will, will come and you eventually you'll be recognized yeah. so wise yeah. words yeah i i am very very happy to 
finally, you know, I, I, I wondered if I was going to stay in glass blowing or in, in this sure career. There were moments where you're like, uh, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. From those days of mowing lawns and yeah. working at the gas station. And, right. And, you know, my, even my dad, he, you know, my family, and they, they worked at DuPont as a maintenance worker. And my mom was just a housewife. And I thought eventually I would have to go, you know, start working into the mill. And there's nothing wrong with working in right. the mill and working that way. I mean, it's it's also an honest living, too, yeah. to provide for your family. But if you have the opportunity to follow your heart, you know, of course, I'm going to, you know, and it, it just just to fill the world with passion right. is is a wonderful thing. It makes it makes the world a little bit better place to to live. I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your sure. story, and I'm sure you've inspired lots of people. And I, I am hope so. So eager to go take a look at your your space out there, if you would show. Sure. Sure. Okay. Stand up to my mouth and trap air pressure in there. That pressure is going to squeeze the bubble inside. I'm going to stick it in this big pot full of molten glass and come out with this. If I stop turning, it'll just fall right off. I want to keep it on there.
Republican of the Year.